the blessed life. We're starting a new conversation this morning, a new series on the blessed life. And we're pulling from many different ways, many different places, uh, one of which the blessed life, a book written by Robert Morris, uh, even... Uh, even from me, can you believe that? That I can understand what it means to have a blessed life? Yes, as well. We're really excited about this series, though, because our goal is for you to have a blessed life. Again, you don't wake up in the morning and you think, are there some ways that I can just really just train wreck everything today? Are there some decisions that I can make just to just ruin my life? You know, I don't want to be blessed. I want to be cursed, you know? Nobody does that. If you do... Counseling appointments can be made with Ashley. Um, No, with her. I'm not doing it because that's cray. No, but you think about it. Nobody wakes up in the morning. Nobody desires to not have a blessed... We all want to have a blessed life, okay? It's key. And when I think about a blessed life, I think about someone uh, who I called granddaddy, okay? I don't know what you called your grandfather, but I called him granddaddy, okay? And when I think about a blessed life, I think about granddaddy, all right? I remember I grew up in Culpeper, Virginia, um, had a little, uh, grew up, he had a little 60-acre farm, and that's, that's basically nothing in, in farming terms, right? Farms can be pretty big, and that farm was not that big, but when I was a kid, it was humongous, okay? But I grew up there and, and hung out a lot at the farm and worked on the farm and did stuff and, you know, blew things up and shot things and just farm life, you know, and we grew some things. Um, but, you know, literally picking beans, you know, all kinds of fun stuff. But when I think of a blessed life, I think of my grandfather. I think about what an amazing person he was, okay? I think about all that he went through, all that he did, all the different things that he, he you know, achieved in his life. You know, he, he did a lot. All right, I think back uh, to this guy that was, you know, a, a depression baby, you know, one of those folks that was raised in the Great Depression toward the end of it, so had a real sense of understanding of, of what it meant to, to value things, right? Um, I remember growing up and just watching uh, him and, and the decisions that he would make um, where he was extremely stingy, okay, sometimes so much so that there was a squeak when he would walk, and I'm trying to run behind him, spit on him or something because everybody's looking because... Right, so tight, he would squeak, okay? But this was my grandfather. But I remember hearing stories, though, as he served in World War II and how, you know, as he was coming back from there, he met this pretty little girl, you know? Come on now, this is like the quintessential, because he was the Navy guy, too, so like the pictures you see, you know, wearing the, the dress. Yeah, that was him, okay? And handsome, handsome, blue eyes. I mean, this dude was legit. So then here comes this little French girl, right? Her name was Doris Terrion, as she would say. She was so funny. Trust me, she was French. Okay, she was cray. Um, bless the French. But I remember she, she, he came back, and he was in Massachusetts, and, and um, he sees this little girl. You know, her parents own a business up there, and, and all of a sudden, this little girl wasn't hard. From Virginia, you know, begins to sweep her off her feet kind of thing, you know, and she was real small, so it wasn't hard. Sweep her right <laughs> off her feet. And he was like 6'1", again, blue eyes in his full Navy garb, looking handsome as can be. They get married. They have three boys, one of them being Big John, which was my dad. Okay, he was wild. But they have three boys together. Granddaddy is working for the National Bureau of Standards, all right, which is now the National Institute of Statistics and Technology, I think. He was working for them, making a living, working hard. Again, you know, blessed, keeping what he could, saving what he could, and, and giving what he could kind of thing. And I remember watching Granddaddy as, as I grew up under him, watching the decisions he would make and all these things. And, and then I, I'm an, a young adult myself. And, well, actually, let me go. I was a teenager trying to get a car. Do you remember those days? 
I'm like, granddaddy, can you help me? No, no. I'm not going to help. You're a liability. I'm like, you're blessed. Um, and I remember watching as I became a young adult. And then one time at the end of his life, would soon to be the end, he walks into this surgery for a heart valve replacement and never comes back out. And I think about all of the things that he was blessed with in his life and how he wasn't able to fully enjoy, fully to, to, to give like he would have wanted at the end because he goes in for what was a, should have been a routine surgery. But his heart was so weak. They didn't know it until they got in. The tissue was so weak in it that when they tried to replace that valve and they tried to sew it in, it just kept tearing and tearing and tearing. And his heart couldn't handle it. So he died. And I think back to the situation. I'm thinking, man, granddaddy was so blessed, though. I think about it now. Man, a 60-acre farm, that would be awesome. Do we have it? No, it's gone. I think about, you know, just the tranquility and all these things and all these finances that he could have given to people and he could have seen the effects of what he had done on his, you know, just watch them be blessed, gone, left for someone else to divvy up. And I think about our lives and I think about our hearts. And this, this is what we're talking about today. This, this is a matter of the heart when it comes to the blessed life. It's all about your heart. And I think about this when I think about my grandfather. It was all about his heart, and his heart couldn't sustain. Think about the physical heart. Every day your heart beats at a thousand, excuse me, a hundred thousand times, sending two thousand gallons of blood surging through your body. Although it's no bigger than your fist, put your fist up. Why are you so angry? Okay. It's no bigger than your fist. Your heart has the mighty job of keeping blood flowing through the sixty thousand miles of blood vessels. Uh, blood vessels that feed your organs and tissue. Now, all the doctors and the nurses and all you folks in here, that's truth. WebMD told me, just like every other diagnosis I've gotten in my life, WebMD knows all. That's sacrilegious. Okay, but the facts. Because of this amazing power harnessed in such a small organ compared to your overall body size, you can, can sustain life but also thrive as your heart pumps the necessary lifeblood to all the other organs and tissue in your body. What a marvel. And we just don't even think about it. We just do life. Do you ever think and wonder, is my heart beating? Oh, good, I'm good, I'm good to go. Because if it's not beating, you're going to know. We don't think about it that way, do we? It just does its thing. But think about our hearts as well. It is the center of our desires, of our affections, of our being. And what's going to happen in life is going to flow from that thing naturally. Matthew 7, all about your heart. Let's get into some scripture. Matthew 7, 1 through 2. This is going to set the stage really for understanding what it means to have a heart of Christ, a heart of God. Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the necessary measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Think about that for a second. Does this say anything about finances? Okay, you're tracking with me. Judge not, all right? Luke 6, 37 through 38. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Does this sound similar? 
They're parallel. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, those two scriptures sound similar, but there's something different in there. Did you notice that little bit in the middle where it says, give, and it will be given to you? We're talking about giving here, and we're not talking about necessarily finances at this point. We're talking about the heart. We're talking about the heart. Give, and it will be given to you. So many times we hear messages spoken, and and they use this out of context. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, right? You've been in services before where they're doing some sort of financial drive or something in the church. They're like, give today. It'll be given back to you, right? All of a sudden, they get really excited. It's like, you really need to calm down. Get your blood pressure checked there because I think you're a little cray. (laughs) But have you been in those services before? I have most of my life, most of my life. But this is something different. There's a deeper meaning that Jesus was trying to convey to his disciples here, his disciples judge not say that with me judge not how does that strike you in this room this morning i don't know about you but i've experienced a lot of judgment on my side i've experienced a lot of and we see this condemnation on my side i've experienced a lot of these things where i have felt and felt so broken down and just deflated so many people have done so many things in this respect that can break us down. Jesus was taking a deeper meaning. He was saying also in this respect, forgive and you will be forgiven. Now look at this word forgive for a moment. What's the root word that you see there? Give. Give is the root word that you see there. And and we understand also for, which means in favor of something. Being that we have been so judged, Being that we have been so condemned, that we have been so broken in so many ways, it can be extremely difficult to forgive, especially when our heart has been so hurt. It's all about the heart, isn't it? It's all about the heart and how we naturally process this life through that vital spiritual organ, if you will. Think of it this way. Give and it will be given to you. This is what I want you to think about in your personal life. Replace it with judgment. Give judgment and you'll, you will receive judgment. Give condemnation, and you will receive condemnation. We don't want to be like that. We don't want to be in that place that we are a people that gives out these types of things. We want to give grace. We want to give mercy. We want to give compassion. We want to give of ourselves in this way. Do you not want to receive it back? But it starts with that forgiveness, doesn't it? You're like, you don't understand. I've been so hurt. Hurt's universal understand you're hurt you're right because your situation is yours but i've been hurt and that's universal i was talking to a friend a couple days ago sharing you know deep deep stuff together and he's just sharing these deep deep tremendous scars and hurts about his life and i asked him i said have you have you really forgiven these people like for real Have you really forgiven these folks who have done these terrible, yeah, absolutely terrible things to you? And I just watched his response in a way, and I I wish it was favorable. I wish that he was was just going to be like, totally, man, yeah, you know, that's what I need to do. That's where I know I can get the forgiveness in myself. That's where I can get my life back. 
He continued to walk in that, even after that conversation. This forgiveness thing, this, this receiving this forgiveness from him and also giving it to others is so crucial for our heart to be healthy. Because out of that flows either judgment, condemnation, okay, or freedom, or mercy, or grace. It's a matter of the heart. It's important for us. And it will be given back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's what I want. Deuteronomy 15, 7 through 8. We're going to take it way back. Do you like that? Do you like old school ever? Anybody? All of a sudden, you're going to get, well, a hip, ha, hip, 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 hip. I'm like, okay. It's Stephen stepping up, beatboxing in the back. Okay, it happens. Trust me. Come early for worship. You might get a special beatbox, special, special, special. Or ask Siri. She'll do it for you, too. All right. Deuteronomy 15, 7 through 8. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren with any of the gates in your land, which the Lord your God has given you, okay, note that, God is giving. You shall not harden your heart, nor shut your hand from your poor brother. But you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. I don't know about you, but that's hard to read. And I'm going to, I'm going to explain to you in just a moment the context of this conversation and what this really, really, really means, the deep meaning of this. But I don't know about you guys, but it is hard to not have a hardened heart when you look around you. Because you immediately, what do you, well, why are you in this situation? What did you do? I'm out here working every single day, and all you are is give me something free. We can harden our heart toward folks around us very quickly. Or someone, again, makes a bad decision with a relationship, and we can just be like, are you stupid? You didn't see this coming? Are you that dense? You know what I mean by this? Or we can be willing to open up. It's a matter of the heart. So how do we develop a heart of generosity? That's the question. How do we develop a heart of generosity with everything we have, every ounce of our being? I'm going to tell you, this is important for us. Students, this is extremely important for you because you're on the ground level in a lot of ways of many things in your life. And this is so important because I can tell you I was not taught this. I don't know about you older folks, my age and older, if you know what I'm saying. I don't know if you were taught this either. I was done a great disservice growing up because nobody taught me how to truly be generous with everything I have. Everything I have, right? It was always skewed. It was always messed up in some way, shape, or form. And coming into this series, um, the prayer that, that it took and really uh, somebody calling me out on things too in a way is this. I was sitting with a pastor friend this week. And it culminated this. He said, look, we've got two jobs as pastors that we're supposed to do. Preach the gospel. Preach that he was speaking. Preach the good news, all of it, and equip the saints. He didn't realize that he was speaking heavier to me on the front end where he was trying to speak on the back end of equipping people to let people do more things. But the thing is this, guys. If I don't tell you what the word says, if you don't, if you don't somehow mine it for yourself, you'll never know, and I will stand accountable for what I've shared with you. All of it, none of it, partial, whatever, it's, it's on me. So therefore, if it's in the word, we need to share it, right? And I don't know about you, but I want more than anything in this world to be generous with everything that I have, everything that I have. Anything God says, give this away, I'll give it. I've done it. I've given away cars. I've done that stuff. It's so much fun. 
randomly paying for people's gas. That is so much fun. Why are you doing this? God loves you. Have a great day. Peace. I'm out. It's fun to be generous because I don't want to steal anything. It's all his anyways, right? So how do we develop a heart of generosity? We deal, we deal with the selfish heart. Deuteronomy 15, 9. Beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart, saying, The seventh year of release is at hand, and your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing. And he cry out to the Lord against you, and it becomes sin among you. What is this seventh year thing we're talking about here? In Hebrew law, at the seventh year, all debt would be forgiven. Can you imagine? I'd be looking a lot more fly this morning. Can I get some amens? Mm, there it is. Prosperity gospel's coming now. Man, imagine how jacked up anything that I'd be driving would be. Or how fast, anybody with me on this? I mean, how fast it would be if I could be like, okay, it's five years and three quarters. I know that I'm going to be forgiven this in about a year. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get it. I'm going to get me some. You go get a house. You're just shy of the seven-year mark. Got it. Your problem. Now, when we think of it in terms like that, it makes sense. But what we're trying to get here and what God was trying to show us even then is we have to deal with our selfish heart because what we naturally will do is look at somebody and say, hey, you can't pay me back, so I ain't giving you anything. You're not going to reciprocate what I'm giving you in this relationship. You will not listen to me. You will not care for me. You will not be there for me. Therefore, I will withhold what I have and not give it to you because I'm selfish. That's the way we are, though. That's, that's human nature. And this is something we have to deal with because it's all about our heart. Let's just be real. I'm selfish. I'm naturally selfish. Now, a lot of times Matt and I will meet Fridays for, for breakfast because it's about the only time we can get together. And this might seem a little whatever, but here's what we do. Get about a sandwich each. This, Matt's like, I hate you. And then we'll get uh, the cinnamon crunch bagel. Can I get an amen from Panera? <laughs> Hallelujah. Panera, that was a free plug for you. Okay. And then you get the, the honey walnut spread. <laughs> Come up with a new idea. If you want to share a bagel with a friend, <laughs> do you take and cut it in halves as far as the cut that they've already made? Is that what you do? Not with a cinnamon crunch bagel. You're going to hell for that one. Okay, here's what you do. You cut it down the middle. Each of you gets cinnamon crunch and walnut spread all throughout. It's an epiphany. If you've had the bagel, you know what I'm talking about. Right? And you think about, about this in this way. When I split the bagel, I try my best. I take care of my job. No, but I try my best to go 50-50. But sometimes there's 53, 47, whatever, you know, fill it in for you. And I have a choice to make. I know it's as simple as a bagel. And I need to lose more weight than Matt does, but she looks, I'll just slide more his way. Sometimes, though, the natural selfish nature in me, I want, I want more, you know what I'm saying? I want more of the honey walnut spread at 150 calories per tub. I think the bagel's like 500 calories in itself. But selfish nature, that's, that's where we rest. That's normal. That's human nature. 
But God's trying to get us to deal with a selfish heart, to deal with it. Let me ask you this. Why do you think God created this principle of giving? Why do you think? Just answer in your mind. Don't do it out loud because it'll be like the voices that are in my head. It's just too complicated. But why do you think he did this? Most people will probably respond as to, well, to help to keep the work of God moving forward. You know what I'm saying? To help make things happen. I would think that too. And this is what I'm, I love learning. I love learning because I've just been not taught the right way in so many things for so long. He created this for me and for you. God doesn't need, uh, this is, this is, he doesn't need your finances. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I'm, I'm telling him to start killing something, if you know what I'm saying. But he owns everything. He's got everything. He doesn't need money. And honestly, you do have gifts and talents. But if you, if you choose not to rise up when he, he he's going to find somebody else too in that way. All right, if you know what I'm saying here, right? If something needs to get done, he's going to get it done because he's God. He gets things done, right? He did it for us. I loved hearing this. He, he did this for me and for you so that we would not have selfishness in our hearts, that we would not be overcome with greed, that we would have the right heart. That's so key. We need the right heart. I need the right heart because I, I can tell you something. I can tell you something. God is going to continue to bless the foundry. He's going to continue to bring in finances. He's going to continue to bring in people. And then we are at a place where we need to decide. Are we going to be selfish? Are we going to stick to our guns, right, to the things that we said at the very beginning of this, and are we going to give out? Have we already? Absolutely. Are we going to keep on? Absolutely. That's what we're going to do. We're going to plant more churches. We're going to, I love, I, I dream of the day when 50% of our income goes out to missionaries, goes out to missional works, goes out to our community. I desire the day when I don't have to ever remotely receive anything from the church so that we can, this is what I'm excited about, so that everything that comes in we can get back out. I would love that because I don't want to be selfish and I don't want us to be selfish. And that's where we got to remind each other, are you being selfish? Right? Not getting all prideful toward one another, not being hateful, but asking, hey, are we doing what we said we were going to do? Giving more than any activity a believer does works selfishness and greed out of our lives. It's so true. Thank you, Robert Morris. So true. And this is what's so hard for us when we think about most of the preaching these days, that people give to get. Have you heard that? Well, if you give to the Lord today, <laughs> you know, the tears are coming down. I'll send you this prayer cloth. And if you give to the Lord today, I'm believing you will get fill in the blank, right? Free car, good one, Bill. Hey, whatever. <laughs> a new car. All of a sudden, and they pull out a Kia. Okay, whatever. We're going to send everybody one Kia, you know? Our, our thinking is so corrupt when it comes to giving. We give, we are, have been given so that we can give. So all that we have been given, I'm trying to get the get out of there as much as possible. All that we have been given, we give. Do you see what I'm saying by this? I'm not telling you, okay, literally. You go sell your house and, and find the largest cardboard box possible and that's your new home. I'm not saying that to you. I'm not saying to be stupid. If God tells you to do something though, he's gonna provide the next step of it. 
He's going to give you again so that you'll be taken care of in that respect, if you know what I mean. But we give, and we have been given, so that we give again. That's the beautiful cycle of life that God desires for your life. He's going to keep giving you as long as you keep giving to someone else. That's the goal. I love having the flow-through account. My desire in my personal life and my own finances to have such a flow-through margin that I can just keep paying for gas, that I can keep giving. You college students, when you come up like, hey, I need to go on this mission trip, let me get it for you. I cannot wait. But I got to be a better steward. We got to be better stewards so that we can create more margin to give. Are you with me? So important. The second thing we have to deal with is a grieving heart. This is good. Just, uh, Deuteronomy 15.10. You shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Because of this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all to which you put your hand. Your heart should not be grieved. Listen to this quote. Selfishness attacks us before we give, and grief attacks us after we give. I'm going to read it again. Selfishness attacks us before we give, and grief attacks us after we give. You know what I'm saying by that, right? It just happens that way. We, we want to hold on to, right, before, because we're selfish. Then after the fact, we grieve because we've given something. It, it's really hard for us sometimes, especially money thinking about something. Are you, you guys probably already are getting hungry. It's 1130 if you're anything like me except for the cinnamon buns. Um, but what, what's, thinking about it, I, I, we got lunch later, right? And I, I don't know about you, but I like to pay with cash. Do you like to pay with cash? You don't? Okay. But it's better that way sometimes. I don't have any money. That's my problem. Oh, what is this? What are you doing, dude? Hey, um, hey this is... Got the hookup for you. What? <laughs> Tiffany... I love you. <laughs> Guys, Anthony is loaded. <laughs> 50 bucks? Seriously? What do, you, what do you do for a living again? <laughs> exactly. You work with college students, which means you definitely don't make money. Right? It's an act of the heart. Was that hard for you to give? Oh, okay. <laughs> Growing Forward, brought to you by Anthony. What was that? Was that hard for you to give, though, for real? Yeah. You're lying like a rug. You know why? This is my money. <laughs> this is my 50 bucks. Okay? This is my money kind of thing. And you think about it with Tanthony. Of course, that was... Did you pick up on that? Please tell me you did. Okay, I'm like, come on. But when you think about this, it's the same with God right? A lot of times, right? We, we give something and immediately it's like, oh God, I shouldn't have given that. How am I going to pay my electric? You know, or how am I going to stay connected on Facebook because my phone, uh, my pens are going to go down over the next month on Pinterest. If anybody talks like it, punch them in the throat and then ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness. It works. This was my money. So therefore, 
Anthony didn't feel any grief because he was just giving me back what was mine. And the thing is, God's given you, <laughs> for real, God has given you so many things in your life. Everything. You remember this scripture, you may have heard, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It's all his, everything. So why, why do we sense grief when we give something? It shouldn't be that way, but we got to be real. It is, isn't it? That's human nature. Because how am I going to get those new shoes if I give this to God? He gave you everything in the first place. He'll take care of your feet. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. How am I going to do this or that? How am I going to pay, even like for real, all you guys that pay the real bills, you know what I'm saying? How am I going to pay this bill? First fruit. Just give it. Don't worry about it. Because it's his to begin with. So when we deal with this grieving heart, we work toward the development of a generous heart. You see that next here. Develop a generous heart. Deuteronomy 15, 14. You, sh you shall supply him liberally from your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your wine press. For what the Lord your God has blessed you with, you shall give to him. Liberally. Liberally. So if you have a lot of grain, if we think about it this way, if you have a lot of wine, if you think about it this way, if, if you have a lot in the biblical context, you bless this person liberally. Not selfishly, liberally, with a lot, overflowing with more than enough. That's the heart. We were born selfish, but we were born again generous. We just have to renew our heart or our mind to this thinking and heart condition. Right? Right? We were born selfish. That's human nature. But when we're born again, it changes things. Right? We're born to be generous and in us is developing a generous heart. Luke 6.30, give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. When it's gone, don't expect it to even come back. Don't even think about it. Right? Here. For real. I don't care what you say. I listen. No. You giving it to someone? Okay, there it is. It's gone. 50 bucks. Gone. You need it? Keep it. I don't care what you do with it. That, that is, that for real. It's yours. I'm not expecting anything back. I didn't plan that part. That's when you have to listen to the Holy Spirit. I don't want anything back. And I want us to be the same way. When we give liberally, trust me, we need that. But I don't care. See what I'm saying about this? Because I know that God will give back liberally because I give liberally. And I don't give to get, but give to give. And it's so key of his heart, so key. God is designed for us to have his heart and just like him, so love this world that we have his heart within us that we give to. For God so loved the world that he, right, he gave. The ultimate sacrifice, the biggest price that anybody could pay, his son. That's big stuff. I don't know about you, but I, I'm not willing to give up Aiden. Uh-uh, that's my boy. I've got, man, he, so much joy that he brings to my life. It's just because he's my son. My daughters are <laughs> over the top. I'm in love with these little buggers. Okay, but what I'm saying is this. My son, that's my only son. I don't want anything to happen to my son. 
But what God asks of us may seem crazy, may not make sense, but we are here to give. So the question, Lord, what do you want me to give? The last thing we need to do is develop a grateful heart. And this is where it all makes sense to all of us. Deuteronomy 15, 15. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. Tells us to give because we have been given salvation. We have been given freedom. We have been giving given every single thing we need. Think about that. That's a big deal, right? We've been given everything. We all have been saved from something. One of the things that I've loved about church planning is how God has uh, jacked my heart up in a good way. When I used to work at a, at a, a regular church kind of thing, and I used to punch the ticket every Sunday. I used to show up. Get the smiles on. Hey, everybody, good to see you. God bless you, kind of thing. Service was great. Everything went off without a hitch, blah, blah, blah. We sit back in the offices and great week today. It was wonderful. Loved it. And I remember now from where I'm at at this point, how many folks came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? There's nothing against my old church in that way. What I'm saying is through my life. How many folks did I minister to to tell them about the goodness of of Jesus and what he did. How many folks were, were their hearts changed by the knowledge of salvation? It's changed everything in my life since starting the church because the number one goal for you is to love him back, to acknowledge what he did for you, to give your life back to him, which is a relationship made possible through Jesus. For me, when I think about a grateful heart, I can't shake my personal salvation and I can't shake your stories anymore. Such, I don't know what, encouragement, growth, um, stamina even for ministry because I get tired really easy, comes because of your stories. I remember sitting when we were getting ready, Kara and I, just by ourselves at this point, and a, and a, and a boot camp is what they called it for church planners. And they said, what's it about? Change lives. You know what I'm thinking? Like, what's it about? You're weirdos. <laughs> and until I got to this place and I began to hear the stories of your changed lives, did I herald the same thing? What's it about? Changed lives. Because watching what has happened, because he gave, because we gave, and because you give has been tremendous. Your friends, the, the stories that I've heard from your friends you know, of you sharing your story with them. Tremendous. Because you gave. That makes me grateful. Are you with me on that? It makes me grateful. Our team's going to come up and uh, close us out in, in a song, a worship song. But I, I want you to, to prepare your heart for a moment for a response. And you know, uh, uh, when it comes to responses here, I want to make sure it makes sense in your heart for you. Uh, and it's something that you carry with you out of this place. But I don't know about you guys, but um, I I've needed a, a lot of healing in my heart over the years. Do you feel that way about yourself? I've really needed a lot of healing. And, I, and what I've found is, is that healing has come by way of my relationship with God, number one, and relationship with his people. And what's so beautiful about this place 
I love it this way because it's, 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 it's an awkward place with a six-inch stage. But we're all on the same level most of the time. You know what I mean by this? We're all in the same place. And what, what, I, what I love about generosity and the, and the heart of giving is that we all are in the same place desiring the same thing and that we will see this thing continue to move forward exponentially because of your hearts. My challenge for you this morning is to examine your heart. Are there things that you have to deal with? Selfishness? Lack of forgiveness? You know what I'm saying by this? Are there things that you need to process through in your own life? Because here's the beauty of it. What I want you to do, how how many came with a friend today or you have someone around you know? Nod your head if you have someone around you you know. Everybody knows somebody? Everybody knows somebody? If you don't know somebody, you better tell somebody. I'm just kidding. In lieu of a response, we want you to to internalize what God's saying. When when you're asked the question, what do you want me to give? And then you're going to turn to that person that you've come with or you know today, and you're going to pray for one another. Okay? Because that's key, that you pray and you care for one another. Because what we're trying to do is set up a movement here that's not about us, as in the staff, not about how amazing Matt plays. The game. He's like, shut your mouth. <laughs> not about that. Not about how beautiful Katie's voice is. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Charles said, all the way around. They're getting married soon. Not about that. But about each of us giving what we can, especially to one another. And if we can't do it here, we can't do it anywhere. So the goal is, what, what is God asking you to give? What is he asking you to give up? And how's that going to change your day today, tomorrow, and all the days that come after? What do you need to do differently? It's all about your heart. If your heart is broken, let him heal it. If your heart is torn apart, let him put it back together. You know what I'm saying? If it's deflated, let him fill it again. If it's broken, let him be God. And then let God use the person next to you to believe with you. Are you with me on that? The other thing is this that we have to make sure of. Is that you have a personal relationship with God through Jesus. And that's another thing that I'm going to challenge you to do when that person next to you prays for you. Two things. Either you've never had a relationship with God before. Or maybe you've struggled lately and it's, it's really stressed and you just need someone to help you pray again, okay? You're going to do that too. Are you with me? You with me? Is everything clear? So today, you're like, yes, clear as mud. So today, your response is this, God, what do you want me to give? Number one, my life. Then also, what are you getting more specific about for me? Do I need to give more patience? Do I need to give more forgiveness, right? Do I need to give more compassion to people that are very hard to to give it to? Do I need to not be so stingy with my finances? Do I need to trust you, God, in that, that you're going to give me more as I give you so that I can give to others? Whatever it is, listen to him. Take it to heart because it's a matter of your heart and let him work with it, okay? So you're going to respond to your neighbor. Your neighbor's going to respond to you. You simply look at them and say, I need prayer. Okay?
that's how it's going to work. It's going to work well, too, because you're the church. All right? I'm going to pray for you. And when we're, when we're done praying, you're going to stand. They're going to begin worshiping. If, if you're good, start worshiping right away. All right? If not, spend time with your neighbor for just a moment. All right? And Matt will formally dismiss you guys because I like to be at the back to see your pretty faces if you need me. Okay? I'll also be here beforehand to pray if you need it. Okay? So let's pray. And we're going to stand. And we're going to we're going to talk about this together, okay? And worship our way out. God, it's amazing to think that you know our hearts completely. Like literally, God, you know everything about me, Justin Myers. You know all of my past that I don't even want to share with people because it hurts so bad. God, you know everything about my thoughts, my desires, my motives, my selfishness, my human nature, yet you still love me. God, it perplexes me. It floors me. And God, you are developing a heart of gratitude within me. God, because I was once, and most days contain to be lost, but you always find me. And God, I thank you for that same truth here in this room this morning. God, regardless of who we've been, what's been done to us, where we've come from, while we were yet still sinners, you saved us by your grace. So this morning, in trying to develop a generous heart, we grab a hold of your grace. Undeserved divine favor, grace. You take from us what we deserve. And you give us this hope and this life in exchange. God, I don't get it. I do not get it. But I take it. We take it this morning. We receive it. And we hold it close to us. And that demands a response. Help us, God, to be generous with everything that we have. Help our hearts to overflow with your heart. Help us to be you, to be you extended in this life. A people that have been put back together, sharing our story with others. Hearts that have been made well. Just speak life to all of our hearts this morning. That you would bring us healing and wholeness that is only found through you. We cling to that this morning. In Jesus' name.